Did perimenopause or menopause catch you off guard? Weird symptoms appearing from nowhere? Wondering who is this person who's inhabiting your body? And most of all, having no one to talk to about it? It happened to me, too. And with all the chaos that it was causing me, I knew I had to figure it out. I dug in, reading often outdated books and searching obscure references on the internet. I learned how our shifting reproductive hormones mess with every cell in our bodies. And as I realized how complete this hormonal disruption was, I became determined to help other women understand and control their own menopause journey. Because menopause matters. And here, we talk about all things menopause. I'm your host, Jean Andrus, and this is Menopause Matters, the podcast. Hi, this is Jean Andrus, and this is Menopause Matters, the podcast. I'm here today with Dr. Joni Francisco, and Dr. Joni is the owner of Flow with Dr. Joni, and she helps people feeling stuck in their lives heal their bodies so they can move forward out of pain, struggle, and overwhelm into the life they really want. She works both remotely and in person, including the principles of nutritional therapy, physical therapy, and energy healing to help you get to the root of your issues, truly heal, and live the life you deserve. She believes in a holistic approach to healing and that's what we're going to talk to a talk with her about today. Hey, Dr. Joni, how you doing today? Hi, John. Doing great. It's nice to be here with you today. I'm so happy to have you with me here today. And I want to talk about this convergence of traditional and holistic medicine and ways of thinking about healing your body because you and I have that in common. We take both looking at some traditional treatments and healing processes, but many of the people that we work with have come away from that saying, this just isn't working for me. So let's have a discussion here about traditional and the convergence of traditional and holistic medicines. How does that sound? Yeah, let's do it. That sounds great. Okay, so tell me a little bit about how you reached this point in your journey, because I know that you come from the world of physical therapy, that your doctorate is in physical therapy, and probably that meant you started out as a pretty traditional practitioner with the very first stuff, but then you've moved well beyond that, which is really exciting to me. Yeah, this journey really has been both personal and professional for me over the years. It actually didn't take me very long as a therapist to see these patients coming in with chronic pain. And they're coming in with their Pepsi and their Doritos and they're like presenting with just all over inflammation, right? And no one's ever talked to them about supplementation like vitamin d and magnesium which we live way north like we have to have it and people with chronic pain you know they need the magnesium too and i did start to get some blowback from the traditional doctors you know about why am i talking with this why am i asking them to get labs drawn and um that kind of led me to nutritional therapy which really gave me a great understanding of 
how the body processes work and digestion works and how important that piece is to getting the things that we need in our body so that we can function optimally. I then kind of was integrating that into my practice and I'd always had this calling to kind of do some myofascial work and um, went to some myofascial classes. And so with that, I started to learn how our bodies hold on to experiences and trauma and that trauma doesn't always mean something really horrible, right? But it could be a sneeze in the wrong position when you are in a bad mood. And so, but that I also had the ability to help people release this and allow their body to heal. This stuck energy acts just like a rubber band or something. And so we can release the tissue, we can release the energy, and we can allow the flow of energy to resume in the body, which it would be just like shutting off your blood flow and then opening it back up. So, Joni, I'm going to interrupt you in a second because I want to ask about something in particular just triggered as you were talking, but inflammation. So when I first started my own journey into this kind of work and this kind of way of thinking, it was actually talking about trauma. My I like stepped out of my car after a five-hour drive and couldn't move for two weeks afterwards. And when I went to my friend who was a chiropractor, he did an adjustment, but he also said, you have, you know, systemic inflammation. And I think this was, I don't know, 15 years ago. And it wasn't the thing that it, maybe that everybody hears. Now, let's talk about the difference between acute and systemic inflammation and how it gets there and why it's so important to deal with it. By the way, many, many, many menopausal women are dealing with inflammation that they just don't even know exists. Yeah, and many of us, even people practicing holistic medicine, are still dealing with some underlying inflammation because there's just it comes at us from all directions nowadays. So talking about acute inflammation, that is brought on naturally by the body. We have a natural way of doing inflammation and anti-inflammation within our body. And after an injury or something like that, you will notice that you start to get some swelling and some redness and maybe some heat. And that is really acute inflammation that happens post-injury. It's a natural process for us. As long as we have the chemical makeup and the nutrients that we need to produce the anti-inflammatories. And there we go talking about fats, again, healthy fats. You have to have the healthy fats to induce this prostaglandin cycle of inflammation and anti-inflammation. So inflammation is the normal immune response of our body to go in and heal things, but it also should follow with anti-inflammation that requires that omega-3 kind of profile to come in and help with the anti-inflammatory. Right. So systemic inflammation in contrast is, go ahead. Yeah. So from Systemic inflammation is when we get stuck in that inflammation and it can start in an area like after an injury. Um, I notice this a lot in my uh, physical therapy patients that will take NSAIDs periodically and not take them to their full advantage for a few days and stop taking them or to take something else instead of them is really my preference. But <laughs> uh, And so that what that does is get your body perpetually stuck in inflammation because you we naturally have anti-inflammatories that come from the body. But if you have such a low level, you know, mm. then 
the body's not going to produce the anti-inflammatory. You're going to be stuck in that cycle for a long time if you don't, if you're just taking um, NSAIDs randomly. Systemic inflammation also comes from food that we ingest. So toxins, things that we're intolerant, um, things that are sprayed on our food that we shouldn't be consuming. And in general, just the makeup of processed food is inflammatory. We also get systemic inflammation when our digestion isn't correct. Most of us are not taking the time to eat like we should. Digestion starts minutes before we put food in our mouth. So we need to take time to get in that rest and digest, chew our food adequately so that we get all of the enzymes and the bile to help us to digest the food so that when it goes into our intestines, then it's nice and little teeny tiny particle and not big chunks of food because all of that will also lead to inflammation in the body. Mm. Um, environmental toxins and beauty products are hugely inflammatory and they are endocrine disruptors too, which when you talk about menopause, if you've been using these products for you know 30, 40 years that are endocrine disruptors, by the time we get to menopause, it's, our hormones are just they're out of whack already. And then when you start to actually get the decline in one and that throws the cycle, you know, the feedback cycle really off. Yeah, that's so there's so a lot of stuff there. Let me just sort of sort of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> recap. So systemic inflammation can come from start with an injury that just doesn't really remove itself from your system. It can come from food. And in that, I'm sure we would be talking about leaky gut syndrome as well, where your body has created a reaction to the foods that aren't so good for you and allowing food to leak back into the body. It can come from the toxins in our environment. And it can come especially from some of those toxins that we, as women especially, have been taught were really good for us. Let's put on that makeup. And and it's been tested, but nobody's really tested it against our endocrine system. And these endocrine disruptors can be really bad for us. Summarize it pretty good? Yeah, that's... <laughs> That's the <pink> version. <laughs> <laughs> well, we need kind of need both, you know. It's the no, part that you, the part that you remember, and the part that uh, started it out, so you really understand it. I love when we can get into those little bit deeper conversations and really get down to what it is. I would just, I would just add maybe a tidbit of that back, going back to those um, that sugar. <laughs> blood sugar regulation kind of missed that point but that's okay for chronic inflammation, right and that healthy fats actually are very anti-inflammatory and bring down that systemic inflammation so yeah sure so insulin and up. sugar blood sugar and all of that stuff is a is a whole big huge topic i'm i was gonna try and avoid getting too deep into that today yeah for sure <laughs> but, show in itself. <laughs> so Traditional versus holistic, do they have to be in conflict? First of all, let's talk really quickly about what traditional medicine, what is also known as allopathic medicine versus holistic or functional medicine. What is, can you give us the definite, either the definitions or the differences in a quick kind of manner? Yeah. And I do want to preface this that like I'm super glad that we do have our medical system for when 
things arise that traditional medicine does not help or cure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Antibiotics have saved so many lives. And when we look at some of the things that have happened in the past year, two years, we have to be terribly grateful for that whole traditional medicine system. Yeah. And or if you break your leg and have, you know, I want a surgeon available that's going to fix it so I can walk again, you know, just like that. And so to me, I've kind of coined this term in the nutrition world. We talk about a lot about standard American diet. And then I, as I'm doing my work, I came up with this standard American solution. So I don't even know that traditional is, you know, that really like if traditional, we would go back to like maybe like kind of Eastern, you know, like it, it might be confusing if we say traditional, but okay, American. So let's, American, can, can we use, yeah, can we use the term allopathic? Yeah, I know it's, it's a term, term yeah. that most people are not familiar with, but what it really refers to is that GP that's an, in your family practice and is who's solutions generally are around either medication or surgery or first aid. Is that reasonable? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I just tend to call, you know, standard American solution. I kind of use the word SAS because it just feels oh, great. Me, but it's a great term. Explain it to people too, you know. And in general, I feel like many of general practitioners that you go to if you come in with these symptoms of menopause per se they're going to go straight to maybe supporting you with hormones that you're lacking. They might just test it and be like, oh, you're low in this and here's your hormones that you can take. Or they may just say, oh, yeah, you're going through the change. Deal with it. You know, I've had a lot of people come to me that way. And the um, other, and I'm the sure other- you've huge of them. And then the other side of that, as far as holistic and functional medicine, we look more at the whole body, I would say. So we start with the building blocks, right? We go back to digestion and the food that you're getting and then your environment. And we try to we try to find what's actually the root problem as to why you're having the symptoms from the hormone changes. And we look at the hormones as, you know, a balance. So when we start to go through menopause, we do stop producing hormones from our ovaries, but our adrenal glands do still provide some of the women hormones. And so if we're able to support that production with good healthy fats and things like that, sometimes we can get things back in balance in a holistic, like if you're going to a holistic doctor, those are the things they're going to look at. Yeah. And that's how the whole body. Yeah. That's how I work. And we also look and I'm sure you do as well, at cortisol and the other adrenal hormones to make sure that they aren't taking over the production from the adrenal glands that get interferes with the ability of those adrenal glands to support us with the specific androgens and estrogen and progesterone that they also produce. So those are huge, that stress and sleep factor is huge for how I work with my clients and as well as the nutritional issues. Yeah, I think that that's a huge part of that is looking at then lifestyle, right? Like Mm -hmm. that's part of the holistic part too, is that again, the whole person, but really the whole person is their lifestyle. It's their energy bodies included in their physical bodies. And so we, yeah, I just, 
you find the ways to help the body produce the best it can and be as healthy as it can instead of the first route being medication. And, you know, you and I have had a number of discussions about something that sort of goes along with this, and that is mindset and sort of how we think about our energy and our bodies really makes a difference in how we feel and how much efficacy, shall I say, that we get out of these nutritional and movement and stress management tools that we use. So you want to speak a little bit about that? Yeah, I think, you know, in another conversation we'd had too, we had talked about kind of that resistance and fear and and curiosity of moving forward into something new and not being so kind of the mindset around that is we've heard from people around us information on what menopause is going to be like or how terrible it is. Are you seeing commercials on TV and, you know, it's dramatized. And if you can embrace that, you are going to change and that you are in control of your life and your decisions and how you're going to progress through menopause, then you will help you be in that story and help support you find the support that you need to go in that direction versus the direction that you don't want. Right. So the way I phrase it or talk with my clients about it is it really is a gift. It gives us so much opportunity to rethink our lives, re-energize our lives and take control of our own wellness and health as we move forward throughout this period of our lives, which really runs from sometime in the early 40s all the way through the end of our lives. And it allows us to face, not face that, but embrace that and really find an amazing time of our lives as we go through it. Yeah. And in the the kind of the energetic phase, or if you even go with moon phases, you know, in historically, women would all cycle at the same time that we're within a tribe. And they would be communally, you know, together for that month. As they did the shift into menopause, they would often then start to have their cycle with the full moon instead of the new moon. And so that was revered. You became a wise woman in the tribe. And, you know, people looked up to you to then help the younger generations move through life, right? And I think that's an important part and an important way that you can kind of embrace it is that like you're moving into your wise woman years Mm -hmm. to where now you can support others to get there. And I think that reframe is helpful. That's very, very, very true. I, I often talk with people about some of the thing ways that we view women in this time of our lives and how that's changed, especially in the Western world. It's not so much true, especially in places like Japan and India, where these women are still very much revered, and Africa. But for us, we fall, sort of fall into this Western culture that kind of got hijacked by Grimm and Disney, where we, we think of these women as hags. But the real term for these wise women, even in the West, was crone. And crone comes from crown, from the same root as crown. So we can think of this as the crowning not only of our womanhood, but of our 
of our lives. So it's super important to reframe how we think of it and take that sass <laughs> of thinking of our women in this time of their lives as being beyond usefulness, beyond childbearing, beyond all of that stuff, and rethink of it as we are wise women who know, who have the experience of our lives. And now we're moving into this phase that isn't quite so built around that cycle. It's built around sort of a, a an understanding or a combination of being of the time that we were cyclic and the time that we are no longer cyclic and really often more like the men of the tribe in terms of being able to have single focus and not quite so dependent on those hormonal cycles. Yeah. And that kind of also dropped in for me about not only are our bodies changing during menopause, but our lives are a lot of time changing too. Like our kids have left, maybe we're winding down on our job, or now that our kids are gone, we're really seeing that like our job isn't that fulfilling anymore. And we want to provide back, you know, in a different way. But a lot of women haven't um, been empowered to do that or to know that that's even an option. And then you have all the, you know, you're, you're feeling that, but you don't feel validated that you're feeling that. And Absolutely. so, yeah, there's just that piece of that change in there too, that it's not just, you know, physical, we've got these other factors coming in. Absolutely. Uh, we change completely. We change 100% of this different way of looking at our world. Dr. Joni, thank you so much for this conversation. It's been fabulous. Can you tell our listeners how they can find you? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook. Flow with Dr. Joni is kind of my handle everywhere. Um, and then my website is also Flow with Dr. Joni. It's just DR. So yeah. no periods. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would make websites crazy. <laughs> I would imagine that might be dropped in some. Uh, show notes for you that will be in that will be available in the show notes and i so appreciate your coming to chat with me today and enjoy the rest of your beautiful fall afternoon there in northern idaho i totally envy where you are and the upcoming winter enjoy yourself and thank you so much for coming Thank you, Sean. And I want to thank you too, just for providing this support for women, because I think, again, it's one of those times, it's like our teen years where we just need some guidance. And now in a new place in our life where we need the support of someone that's been there, but also seeing a lot of women that have been through the process and helped them get through to the other side as a whole new person, but one that they're in love with. So I appreciate the work that you do. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please submit a rating and review and share it with a friend. Menopause has many annoying symptoms, but not many are worse than the lack of sleep. If you are one of the 90% of women who suffer from menopausal insomnia and or fatigue, I'd love to offer you my free download, Five Tips to Get Better Sleep Tonight. You can get it at menopausematterspodcast.com slash sleep. And let me know which of these tips works best for you.